All right, here we go. The Way of Rock podcast, episode 13. How's it going, everybody? How you doing, Jack? I'm doing fine. Yeah. We're going to get into it a little bit later, but the last few days have been uh, a good day in music for me, a good couple days, so. Yeah, it's good to hear. Yes. I'm a little aggravated, as you probably yes. Oh, sensed. I can tell. Don't worry. <laughs> Do not worry. Yeah, it's one of those days where things aren't going my way, and it's getting warmer outside, which means it's going to get hot outside soon, and I have no tolerance for that. But we're going to fight through this and, and, and make it all work. On the top, before we start getting into the music talk, um, with the weather getting warmer, I don't know why specifically this winter I forgot that this happened, but I noticed that now outside there's like wasps and things. Yeah, that happens every year. It does. And I like I always remember that. But those first couple weeks, whenever you didn't have wasps for three months, and you're like, excellent. Right. You see the first couple. And, and then you're, you're just like, like where did here these we, things come from? Here we go. And, the, you have to, and wasps are the worst. I, they have to, I guess, provide some sort of function in the, you know, the, 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 the ecology of the world. I don't know what that is. See, like, be, like everyone knows that bees are like, the one of the most important right you need, and so you need everyone's bees. like yeah bees maybe they'll sting first off bee stings are barely anything at all well, first of all bees pretty much leave you alone unless you mess with them yeah wasps it's, on the other hand look for trouble yeah they, they're about that life and yeah. i and they seem to be annoyed that they're not loved like bees and I guess that makes them angry, and they just want to kill us. It, the and then what's even worse about wasps is wasps in general suck, right? And then there's an even m- more powerful type of wasp that's even meaner, called the yellow jacket. Those things can screw right off. Yeah, they're they're terrible, and they live in the ground, so yeah. you can accidentally step on their home. Can't mow the lawn without. Having to wear bulletproof socks because yeah, wasps are just terrible. There's a list of insects that are just terrible. Wasps, ticks, of course. Uh, ticks are just terrible. Ticks are terrible. And honestly, I can't think of any others right now. But mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes yeah. are bad. Really, really bad. Wasps, ticks, and mosquitoes, which again probably serves some function that not being an etymologist uh, that I know. And I'm sure, you know, maybe we can get one to write in and, and tell us their important function. But as far as I'm concerned, we can do away with all of them. All right. So that's the Way of Insects podcast. <laughs> We're going to record that after this one. We're going to get that one up as well. We'll be well. back next week. But before we do get started, we want to let you know that we, the Way of Rock podcast, are sponsored by Anchor.fm. This is a place where you can go and make your own podcast. You can download their app or just go to their website, which is anchor.fm, and record your podcast, and then they'll take care of all the distribution and get you sponsors if that's what you want to do. And with everybody stuck at home right now, I expect there's going to be lots and lots of new podcasts available for us soon. Yeah, they're they're, um, podcasting is one of those things that uh, you're noticing that a lot of artists are doing now that they're at home bored. All they do is either play music on twitch or talk about their music on their podcast right which is kind of cool yeah it, it's an interesting like right now i think as we're recording this um this is not re- regarding to podcasting matthew kichi hefe is live streaming on twitch right now do you know what he's doing i saw that yes he's playing what the dead men say In all the way through which himself. is awesome and the band had originally 
set it up to do it together, but obviously they can't. So Matthew's just like, oh, I'll uh-huh. do it. Why not? And I, when I saw that just about a half hour ago, and this is like our window to record, and I'm sure we can access it later. Oh, yeah, but, you can. But I, I thought to myself, oh, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to check that out now. But again, this is our this is our window to record, so we're doing that. But yeah, there's there's going to be a glut of podcasts, which I think is very cool, because I don't think you can really have... I mean, the last number I heard, there was close to a million podcasts out there. That's crazy. That was before all of this. Yeah. So it's about to triple. <laughs> yeah, it might. And obviously you can't listen to them all. But the cool thing about podcasting is you can find something that you're way interested in and probably find a podcast for it. Like if you're interested in saving the wasps, I'm sure there's a podcast for that. And you can listen to that and then listen to, you know, Joe Rogan right after. So you can listen to the biggest podcast in the world and follow it up with the smallest one. I'll let you guys figure out which one of those is which. <laughs> and that's what's cool about podcasting. You don't have to have a, a subscription to a, a service. You don't have to live in the town where it's being broadcast from and pick it up on your radio. You just go on your, your podcasting platform, you download it, and you move on, which is very, very cool. Podcasts are, are... I don't know why I like listening to other people talk so much, but I do. And through all it's all it's through all sources of me like I I I like YouTube just because I like listening to people talk. I don't know what it is, but uh, well, it's a it can be a very it can be a passive endeavor. So you can yeah. do something while you're listening. You can you know do your homework. You can clean your house. You, there's there's numerous things you can do while you're listening. Obviously, you, know, you can't really read a book while you're <laughs> listening to a podcast. It gets distracting. But there's there's other things you can do, and that's why audiobooks are so cool. You can, you know, drive to, you know, Memphis and listen to an audiobook, and it's the same thing with podcasts. and And you can learn a lot. I mean, the way the way our information has traditionally come to us, it's got to go through so many gatekeepers that by the time it gets to you, it's already been decided on by advertisers and corporate executives and and you know the like, and that's why. The news sucks. I mean, I haven't watched a news channel in in ages because what's the point? They've got to cater to their executives and advertisers and whatnot. But there's a million podcasts out there where you just get that stuff straight from the source and you can hear people talk and give their opinions, people that have written books, people that have you know, studied subjects for years and years, and you can listen to them talk about it. And the same goes for sports. You can listen to you know, whatever sport you like, whatever, you know, if you like darts, you can listen to the, the world dart champion talk about why it's cool that he's the world dart champ- champion. And there's no one saying, okay, it's time to wrap it up or you only get two and a half minutes to talk about darts. He can just ramble on for an hour about darts if he wants. And that might bore 99.5% of the population, but who cares if if a couple thousand people listen to him? That's all you need. Yeah. And so the... Most prominent, at least to me, uh, musical artist that has started a podcast. Not that's you know had one uh, like had one prior to everything, but just has been bored in his house and started a podcast. Has been Devin Townsend, and basically what he's doing is he's just going through all the albums that he's done, and he's just like talking about making them, writing them, getting them produced, and all that stuff, and. 
Um, so I was listening to the first one. I still haven't finished it because it's, it's, it's rather long. Um, but it was really interesting listening to um, how he was, he was talking. It was the Ocean Machine episode talking about how big of a struggle it was to get that album recorded and how uh, like he got off tour with Steve Vai and immediately went back to getting having a dishwashing job while he's writing this album. And then he ended up having to record it in Spain. Like it was, a, it was a crazy story. Yeah. That's those, those guys, when they start out and they, especially when they go on their first couple of world tours and, you know, they, they, they see the world, but then that's over with and they need to make money. And they do have to go back to, I know Richard Christie, the great drummer who's now on the Howard Stern show. He's talked about the days when he would tour with, uh, I can't remember which band he was in first death or iced earth, but whatever band he was in in the early 90s, I guess. Okay. And they would come off of a European tour. So he had just seen Europe. And then he had to go back to living in like a storage facility and, <laughs> and being an electrician. Now, electricians make good enough money. I don't know why he couldn't afford an apartment, but, you know, that's Richard, I guess. Yeah. But the point is he had to go back to his regular, you know, job and and live like a, a regular Joe after after being on tour for, you know, three months or whatever it is. And yeah, a lot of those guys until they find their way and, and get some regular income, that's what they do. And that's that's what makes me wonder about this time right now that we're in and bands and artists that aren't super established, what in the world they're gonna do for, for cash flow. I don't know and this is purely speculation. I don't know if I've like seen anything um of this regard, but I wonder if some bands are gonna go out there go out and maybe like start a band Patreon or something or oh, like some stuff of them like that. Have. Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, when you're in that position, really as a like a, a rock or a metal artist, kind of you're in this position where you have a, a decent, small, decent spotlight on you, but just due to like the way that kind of music consumption exists right now, you don't really uh, have like any source of income coming in like all the time right right because they're not getting played on the radio as much as uh, right and even if they're getting played on say spotify you know spotify will give you your 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 cut but from what i've heard from from musicians that's you know unless you're a metallica or something that's not necessarily yeah you know living on money but i mean there's a lot of cool things that you can do through a patreon that i mean like you offer this cool thing for a fan, they might give you five hundred dollars, and like that adds up. And oh yeah, uh, and that, yeah. that that certainly is out there. There's so, artists yeah. that are I've seen on social media that they've got like their virtual tip jar. Okay, and they might they might post a, a performance or a stream, and then you can add to their tip jar, or you know PayPal them or Venmo or you know whatever the the platform they're using. So that that is certainly out there. And, and then something that. Also, I know I know we talk about uh, streaming a lot. Like you have guys like uh, I know Devin Townsend has done this, Matthew Heafy has done this, where they go on and they stream their music. A lot of I've seen a lot of guys go on there and actually like stream an actual video game, and they have their prior like audience that already knows who they are and uh, like likes their personality or whatever that'll just pop in, and right. from there they can get uh, like Twitch subs and donations from there. And that's all. That's another way of uh, making me. So, like, I'm not saying it's uh, it's easy by any means, but no, there are people, small little just, things that they can yeah, do. Everybody's just got to get creative and you know get there, find out what works for them and their audience. And as music fans, I mean, obviously, you just can't give 
to everybody. Yeah. But you know, find your find your artists that you like, and and you know, you don't need to donate to Lars Ulrich's um, <laughs> Patreon. He's probably doing okay. But you know, find your smaller artists and and help support them. Buy some merch. I know a lot of bands yeah. are are breaking out all sorts of brand new merch just to you know get some sales and make some money. So so definitely you know get online and find your favorite artists on social media and do that. And you know, getting back to the reach of podcasts and how much cooler it is than other forms of media, you know, just on our little analytics and what tiny little audience that we've managed to accumulate over the last few months, you know, we we've reached lots of places in in Europe, and I just noticed the other day that Ireland has signed on. So, Ireland, yeah, we've got we've got listeners in Ireland now to go along with our German and Swiss and Croatian and. Uh, Canadian and Australian listeners. Right, right. So yeah, good for Ireland. If I ever get together with my my get my my social media prowess together, <laughs> then I'm I'm gonna start sending some shout outs to these folks in in the other countries. But yeah, because yeah, it's it's kind of cool to open that up and you see oh yeah we got new new uh, newfound listeners in some other countries and you know you can't do that with a radio show or yeah you know a TV show on on you know whatever network or whatever. So it's yeah. It's it's a cool format, and I think it's cool that there are services like Anchor that are out there that anybody with a little bit of equipment, or or even really just your your phone or your iPad, I mean, you can just download the app and push a button and get going. So yeah, yeah. All right, is it time to talk about new music? We rambled a lot there. We did ramble a lot. I do have to mention that we're also brought to you ah. by Third Stage Tees. Where you can find lots of cool, uh, fun rock and roll themed T-shirts and some funny T-shirts and smart alky T-shirts. Go to thirdstagetees.com. Use your promo code TWOR and save fifteen percent on your order. So, so you mean to tell me that we went through all that without even finishing we, the sponsorships? We, we did. We okay. had that, that was that was a very very long show open. All right. So you've been waiting to do this now for several weeks. I have. But I do want to do the smaller ones before we get into the uh, the big one. Gotcha. Okay. So um, it's all yours. The floor is yours. Yes, I'm gonna let. Actually, before you give me the floor, do you want to talk about the uh, Rolling Stones single that came out? Yeah, the Rolling Stones put out a single that they've they've made a big to do out of. Um, apparently, they started working on this back in the fall as a group. Okay. And finished it up under quarantine. And I don't know if you saw their video they put out the other day where they did You Can't Always Get What You Want, and they were doing it all from quarantine. So, you know, Mick was singing, playing acoustic guitar, Keith was playing guitar, Ronnie's playing guitar, and Charlie was was playing like a, not really, I don't even think he's playing a drum set. I think he might have been playing one of those things, like uh, those electronic things that, uh, oh, Jason Bonham plays when he goes on radio shows and whatnot. But anyway, they did a live performance of You Can't Always Get What You Want, put it out on video, and, and that was kind of cool. And so they finished up this song on Quarantine, and I wish you would have mentioned it before I took it off the screen, because ah. I think it's called Living in a Ghost Town. I think I mean, that is yeah, the correct title. I don't need to bring it up. But anyway, I love the Stones. Yeah. You know this. Stones are one of the, the, the most legendary bands ever. I they, they Obviously now, these guys are all in their mid-70s, the the amount of new music they've put out in the last 25 years has, has gone down, as you would expect. I mean, heck, a lot of these bands don't even make it this far, much less put out new music. So kudos to them for, for putting out a new song. It's not a bad song. It just, I don't know. 
It didn't. It didn't wow me. I see. But the fact that they, the fact that they did it at, at the age that they're at, and and under the circumstances that we are in, and Mick Mick plays the harmonica on it, which is very very cool. Um, you know, it sounds like a later years Stone song. Did you right. have a chance to listen to it? I got to hear um, a part of it while before before the show. Yeah, so. it, I mean, it's kind of cool. It's got a little groove to it. It kind of almost reminds me of their mid '90s hit. Love is strong. Okay. Which, when they put that album out, those guys were all you know fifty ish, and I remember at the time everybody's like, "Oh, why are the Stones putting out new music?" That was actually a pretty good song on a pretty good album, "Bridges to Babylon." I think that was the name of the album. Um, might have been Voodoo Lounge. I I get confused, <laughs> but "Love Is Strong" I remember was a was a a pretty good song and a really cool video. If you ever get a chance to see the video, the Stones are all giants <laughs> walking through New York City and. Might have been even directed by Spike Jones, who's a movie director now. But back in the day, he used to direct videos by the Beastie Boys and Fatboy Slim and, and bands like that. I see. So, yeah. Stone Song's all right. It's, again, the fact that they're putting stuff out now is, is kind of cool, but I'm not going to, you know, put it on heavy rotation probably. Okay. So uh, that's the uh, the new Rolling Stones single. Now, before we get into, um, do you care about the new Evanescence at all? I have not listened to it. No, I really, no, I really, um, really just don't care for Evanescence as a band. Like their singles are fine, but since I saw them live last year, that kind of kind of did it for you. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't even like a live Evanescence live. It was Amy Lee with an orchestra as yeah. Evanescence, and that just annoyed me. So. I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet either. I just saw that it came out earlier today and haven't had a chance. Yeah. But I'll check it out. If it does anything for me, maybe we can talk about it next time. Yeah. So um, we've gotten, technically, since the last episode, we've gotten one more single off the upcoming Lamb of God album. But since the last time we talked about it, another single has dropped. I don't think we ever mentioned it. So as of now... We have um, Memento Mori, Checkmate, and New Colossal Hate. That's the one that came out last night. Um, I've listened to them all a couple times over the past couple days. And I think that this is the album that's like really going to get me into Lamb of God. Because for some reason, I'm weird. And I have a hard time looking at a band like Lamb of God that has that's been around for a while. They have a lot of albums and just being able to hop right into them if that makes sense like it's almost intimidating like oh you have so many albums what am i where do i start all this nonsense but i found um typically like whenever a new a band like that releases a new album i'm able to listen to the that album top to bottom and then that kind of like starts me into them if that makes sense it does so i mean i i don't i know only like a few lamb of god songs but i love their sound and I really want to get into them, and I've I've tried, but there's so much stuff to to get over. So I think this is the album that uh that'll finally do it. And uh, I I'm a big fan of the single so far. Um, this is the first album without Chris Adler, which is kind of a big deal. He was a co-founder and the uh, drummer for other other things, um, but they've replaced him with Art Cruz, who's been in Prong and Winds of Plague, so um, got some experience, not just like some random guy. So yeah, the um, New Colossal Hate, that's a, that's a good one. It's Lamb of God, it's heavy, it's fun. Randy Blythe does Randy Blythe things. 
Mark Morton does Mark Morton things. We talk about Mark Morton a lot, so. We do, yeah. It's it's a shame that that tour might not happen. That is unfortunate. That was going to be a, a, a pretty good lineup and probably a, another chance for you to get more into Lamb of God. Yeah. You know, we saw him a couple of years ago with, what was it, Slayer on that, that show? That was Slayer. Yeah, Slayer. Uh, yeah, and they, I mean, they put farewell. on. Farewell. That was my introduction, really, to Lamb of God. It's it's a band that I, I used to know a guy. I used to work with a guy that was way into them back in, like, the mid-2000s, but I just never really had the opportunity. I mean, I'm sure he played me some at yeah. some point, but I never, I just really never you know, either paid that much of attention or whatever, but, but yeah, after seeing them live, and that, that tends to happen too. You know? Oh yeah, definitely. You, when that's your intro to a band, if they put on a good live show, that's going to get you more into them than somebody, you know, playing you a CD or something. Yeah. So and yeah, it's too Lamb bad of that, God puts on a show. They I mean, do. They got some energy up there. <laughs> so yeah, New Lamb, and when does that album come out? Do you know? I do not know if it says, I'm sure there's a date. I think they there. pushed it back. I think I saw that. On the internet because of you know everything that's going yeah. on, I think it's pushing that release date back. Apple Music is saying May eighth. Yeah, and I think it was supposed to be out earlier. Okay, but that's still just a couple weeks. Yeah. So I mean, what's it? Today's the twenty fourth, right? So right, yeah. yeah. So yeah, look for that, and we're gonna get these up quicker. I know I lag a lot in editing these, and and getting them online. We are gonna record now every Friday, with the goal of getting it up either late Friday night or early Saturday morning. So that way, you know, you don't... If, if we're talking about something that just came out or whatever, you're not like, oh, that came out like six weeks <laughs> ago. What, what's going on? Now, we're going to get... We're going to tighten that up a little bit. You know, we we have we have new uh, corporate management. <laughs> they're, they're really leaning on us to, to get that out quicker. So, yeah, look for us every Friday night, early Saturday morning to pop up on whatever podcasting platform you dig what do you listen to podcasts on i listen to podcasts uh mostly on apple podcasts yeah. you ever do spotify i do spotify when i know i've mentioned this before um with the ability to like uh play spotify through my playstation sometimes oh, right, if right, i'm right. playing playstation i'll throw podcasts on spotify but um for the most part i am uh mostly on apple podcasts gotcha all right, tell us about the new Trivium. Okay, first off, um, this is something that I just learned reading the iTunes review. Um, this album, most albums are traditionally uh, written by our boy Matthew Kichihifi. This one, I don't know why we throw his middle name in there every time. It's fun. It is fun. Uh, this one, for the most part, now I'm gonna, I can't say his name, but I'm going to try. Um for the most part, was written by bassist uh, Paolo Gregoletto. Think I did that right? I've been a fan of Trivium for years, and I cannot pronounce any of their names. I, I've been a fan of the NHL for years, and <laughs> I can't pronounce any of their names. So, like you have, um, you have Matthew Heafy. You know that's easy. Their current drummer, uh, Alex Bent. That's easy. Then you have Corey Bellio, Bellial, something, something, and then Paolo Gregoletto. Anyhow. He so he kind of took the uh, the role of writing this album, and I've only listened to it once. It came out this morning, and I've only had time to give it one through a uh, solid playthrough. I really, really like it. I mean, and that's what I should expect being a Trivium fanboy. But um, for starters, the opening track nine, I think, is a uh, kind of it's longer for an opening track. It's a, it's just under two minutes, but 
I th- I mean, I really like uh, what it does and how well it flows into uh, what the dead men say. Well, yeah, it really kind of serves as an intro. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. The in- but as far as intros go, I mean, it, it is uh, a longer intro, which is not a bad thing. I'm not knocking it. But yeah, just, it's, it's two solid minutes of intro. Yeah, which when you're a nerd like me and you just sometimes like uh, when Matt and Corey just kind of play guitar for um, a minute and a half, you're like, nice, okay. Um, leads into what the Dead Men say really well. And that's a, I think that's a great album opener. If uh, you want to scroll down a little bit, I can get the uh, full... I guess I could have gotten it that yeah, way. Yeah, it's the bolded. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Um, and so when I'm listening to it, you know, through what the demons say, catastrophes, and amongst the shadows and the stones, it's all songs I've heard before. Um, so nothing really new is happening. I mean, it's the, the three singles. Then starting and in, uh, bleed into me. I mean, the songs after like it gets not saying anything bad about the uh, aforementioned three songs, but just I've heard them before yeah bleed into me was a, was a high point for me on this yeah one. i was bleed into me is a really really good song um and then i was a big fan it's, of it's funny not to cut you off but looking at their little description of bleed into me says that he started writing it on bass which i find interesting because it does have a cool bass groove and i was i listened to this earlier when i was when i was out running this is a great album to run to by the way and i was going to make the joke that Bleed Into Me is tuned down to, like, M. And, you know, before anybody writes in, I, I play the bass, so I know that's not a tuning. But that's written in the description right here that he used one of their lower tunings, which, yeah, that's that one's tuned pretty yeah. low. I do love a low tuning. Um, I think first impressions, I mean, this is, of course, going to change when I listen to it more. First impressions, I think my favorite song is Sickness Unto You. I really, really like that one. Um I mean, they're they're all good songs, of course. I mean, everything that Trivian puts out, I'm gonna like to some degree, because I'm easy to uh, impress. But then another uh, bright spot, I think, was the ones we leave behind, the final track of the album. Um, I thought that was thought that was a good way to end it, and I really like that song. So overall, I mean, it's I really like it, but you know, came out today, so I've only been able to give it one like top to bottom listen, but. There will be more. Do not worry. Yeah, I really dug, like I said, Bleed Into Me. I really liked a lot. Catastrophist, the single that's been out for a while. That's a really, really good song. I really liked Scattering the Ashes. Yeah, that's another good one. Which, yeah, looking at the description right now and, and where that came from lyrically, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a good album all around. I This morning, you know, knowing it was coming out today, and I got on, on Facebook to... to to share it, you know, post it, do do that stuff you got to do. And I got, I went down the rabbit hole of the comments on Facebook, which of course you should never do for anything. <laughs> but watching or looking at the comments, and if you get on our Facebook page at It's the Way of Rock, um, you can read these comments for yourself. But it's all the super fans arguing with each other about how good this album is, how good it is compared to the other albums, where it ranks which I guess is what people do, and I guess you do with sports and whatnot, but I, uh, with me, I always found that stuff kind of silly when it comes to music. It's like, okay, they got nine albums out there. You probably have the ones you like, the ones maybe you don't like as much, but why can't you like, like, 
why does this one have to be better than the last one? Why can't it just be different? You yeah. know, and, and and it got down to the minutia of the the drumming. There, one guy was like, oh, I don't know, the drumming's not as good on this one as the last one, and <laughs> it's just comical the things that people yeah. nitpick about. And one thing about that is, I mean, I I mean, I have to talk about the album here, but. And not that I would ever really go argue with someone on the internet about what album's better than which, because it's all opinion, right? And although most things I think my opinion is right because I'm a terrible person, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, this album is better, and that's fact. But I don't see how you can do that on day one and just be like... Well, that's true, too. Because, I mean, I will, I will... There's many albums that... You listen to it the first time, you're like, okay, this is good, but you don't fully absorb every single song your first time through. Correct. You listen to it, like, you know, a couple times over the course of a couple weeks, and all of a sudden you're like, this album is awesome. That's um a big example of that for me was uh, Avenged Sevenfold's The Stage when it came out. Because they released that single, and that single, I mean, the stage, the song is, I mean, I think by far the best song of the album. I love that song. And they release that as a single, and so then you listen to the rest of the album, and you're like, okay, well, this is good, but it's not the stage. And then, I mean, a month or two goes by, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm like this is, without a doubt, the best album that's been released this year. Like, it, it takes time to... Uh, yeah, it takes time to, to get into it. I, I don't know. I I think people just like to, you know, complain about something. They do. Like, I mean, going back 25 years when Metallica put out Load... And I remember the big, and of course, the internet wasn't really around back then, at least in the in the form of social media and whatnot. But everybody's big complaint was that the guys all cut their hair. And, you know, it wasn't even a, oh, how's the album? How are the songs? It's like, oh, my God, James cut his hair, Lars cut his hair. They all have short hair now, except for Kurt. He didn't. Um, but, yeah, it, people just like to find things to, yeah. to bitch and moan about. And so I think there was a lot of that going on. But... I mean, I, I didn't really get familiar with Trivium until their last album, which I can't believe that was already three years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. The Sentence and Sentence. And uh, yeah, as far as this album goes, I, you know me and the, 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 the screamy vocals, <laughs> you know, the Cookie Monster vocals. And this seems like he does more singing on this yeah. album as a whole, which I kind of like. And I, I, I dig it when they go back and forth. If they're, you know, if it's not going to just be a straight singing album, I, I like when they go back and forth, and this album has some of that, which is cool. Yeah, it's got great guitar work. It does. I mean, that's one thing that, um, because because I play guitar and I really like to learn songs that I like, and I like to play along with them. Trivium, unfortunately, is just one of those bands that the 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 biggest thing is that it's dual guitar, so like you never really like play the song; you just play half the song. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. The other thing is. Both Matt and Corey are so good at the guitar that, like, learning these songs is, like, there's a couple that, you, like, you go back a little to the old older stuff, there's stuff you can learn, but there's always, like, some part of it where I'm, like, like, Corey's, the the lead is, is just incredible. I'm, like, how are you doing that? And so, and, like, just the stuff they come up, like, they have great riffs. I mean, I love the guitar work of any Trivium album. And kind of straying away from just the this album specifically, one thing that's great about Trivium is that like they have every album is different, right? Like you have um, you have the sin in the sentence, which is 
you know that like that uh kind of that new the newer uh you know rock metalcore kind of ri- mix where they have the vocals and then the also they have some screams and whatnot you have silence in the snow which is straight there's not not a single scream the entire album it's just straight like it's almost like a deal album like a like heavier deal right then you go back to their old stuff uh um ascendancy is kind of like that classic early 2000s metalcore um what's the what's the album called the crusades that uh, like it's like a thrash album it's they have so much different stuff and this album just kind of just another one that's wow they can do this too so that was another thing people were arguing about on the comments which i thought was funny was the the different genres they it, it kills me that people worry about that kind of stuff but maybe it's just my age yeah but yeah they're arguing well you know this one's a little bit more metalcore and this one was more death and this one's more thrash and i was like wow why who thinks about that stuff in that manner yeah like who cares it's just it's a it's a good rock and roll album i mean, I mean who cares if it fits the the neatness of whatever little subgenre that you happen to dig more than another little subgenre i it's, it's very strange to me that that line of thinking yeah so I, I guess there are people that totally dismiss some trivium albums as opposed to other trivium albums it's because me, it's just music fans <laughs> i guess it's music fans uh that's a it's not even music fans. It's just fans. It, it's wherever you it go. Is. It's fans. I, I was listening to Adam Carolla, who's a known car guy. And he was talking about how he was talking to another guy who said, oh, I'm a car guy. I, I really like uh, old Mopar engines and Hemis. And Adam Carolla told him, oh, well, how do you like the, the Porsche 935? And the guy was like, I don't know. I only like Hemis and Mopars. And Adam Carolla's thought was, well, if you're a car guy, why wouldn't you like Porsches and Ferraris and Fords and Chevys and Dodge and why wouldn't you like it all? Why do you have to pick one? And I I I think that just goes along with how people are with with music and everything else too. They they got their one thing they dig and everything else sucks. <laughs> yeah, I I like to pride myself on not being that just because I'm so easy I'm so easy to impress when it comes to music. Like it takes a lot for a band to like a band that I like to release something and me be like yeah. No. Well, and and it's funny too that if you think to the artist that you dismiss the most, whoever that might be, whether it's a a pop star or you know metal act or or whatever it is, but then you go see them live, and especially if you see them live in a small venue, kind of stripped down, and watch them perform it for real, it could be something as as poppy as as well. To give you an example, I saw Pink many years ago okay i don't know one pink song from another i know that she's kind of in that you know kind of britney spears christine aguilera you know kind of genre but when we saw her she was just doing a stripped down like her and a piano and nothing else it wasn't all the pop and the dancing and stuff like that she was wearing like an evening gown and just singing like like slow you know, songs, like a jazz thing almost. I was like, wow, she's really, really, really good. Now, again, I I couldn't tell you one song she sang, and I couldn't tell you one song she sings now. I don't know anything about her. <laughs> but being a being a musical artist, no matter what the genre, is a little harder than, than people yeah. might think. So anytime anybody gets up there and performs anything, it's it's pretty impressive. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, the live music does. I mean, I know uh, personally we kind of had that experience a little bit with Of Mice and Men. We did. Where, I mean, Of Mice and Men's kind of grouped into that that genre of, I don't necessarily know the nice way to put it, but the like the the emo teen metalcore kind of see i didn't even know that yeah so like seemed like a metal band yeah see um and you know like they're kind of grouped into i'm trying to like uh, like bring me horizon blackville brides like those that group right and we saw them live and they were opening for who slipknot i think it was yeah i think so the first time we saw yeah i mean that and that was a they it wasn't they didn't kind of give you that whiny emo teen sound like yeah, they they were a metal band and so which and i know that uh since then we've kind of for that matter to take that a step further i not really being familiar with them or lamb of god i just would have put them kind of in the same grouping like, yeah i would put a, i would put a tour together with lamb of god <laughs> and of mice and men and you know feel feel confident that i could sell tickets with that you probably could <laughs> lamb of god sells all right. I think we're, I think we're, we're done going with this one. Ready half. to take a break? I think we are. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, your much-anticipated list of ghost songs. You ready for this? I am. All right. See you in a minute. And we are back with the Way of Rock podcast, episode 13 with Jeff and Jack. And we are going to start this segment with Jack's much-anticipated ghost list. Now, yes. this comes from a couple weeks ago. Loudwire, the website, put out a ranking of ghost songs from, you know, quote unquote, worst to first. And you took major issue with it. <laughs> and, you know, I I also noticed the errors in this list, but I'm not a list guy, so I didn't yeah. really care. So, yeah. Um, this made you a little bit nuts. <laughs> so you decided to come up with your own list. Yes, because I believe, and this goes for whether you're ranking ghost songs, whether you're ranking top 100 MLB players, whatever you're ranking, you cannot criticize one list without making your own. <laughs> and well, at least with MLB players, you've got statistics to drop on. I don't yes, but according to the latest uh, CBS top 100 statistics don't matter cuz Yasmani Grandal's top 20 and that's just ludicrous. With that being said, I will say um, I don't, I don't know the things that I said last episode because I'm probably not last episode, but the episode where we talked about this because I'm sure I contradict myself. Or I'm going to be contradicting myself a lot with this, um, this list just because. Yes, uh, typically, when you make your own list, you start you, you're like, okay, this song's probably top five, and then you're going through the list, you're like. Well, I just found seven songs better than it, so now it's only top eight. Then you're like, okay, now it's at twenty-two. What have I done? Um, so basically, what I did is I figured it was easiest to do when I wrote this list. I'm going to reveal it from worst to best, but when I wrote it, I did best to worst just because I figured that was easiest. I think what we took from the Loudwire list is that they slept on the Orange album, and I will well, not stand for it. I think a lot of it was whoever wrote it. Probably became a ghost fan about six months ago. This is true because a lot of their more mainstream, you know, straight rock and roll and and pop rock songs were at the top of the list, and they're they're older, more progressive, and quote unquote, you know, death metal songs were at the bottom of the list. So anyone who's been into ghost as as long as you have, 
took issue with it because you're <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, so you know the the new top forty songs make up the the top five of your list, and yeah. some of these cool old rock and roll songs are are either not on the list or or way back. So, um, and one last thing before we get into it, a little background of my uh, my ghost fandom, if that's the word that you want to use. I discovered Ghost when they opened for Avenged Sevenfold in 2011, maybe, 2012. Yeah, somewhere around there. It was at a Halloween-themed uh, concert in which the lineup was Ghost, Deftones, and Avenged Sevenfold, which is, looking back on it, is an insane lineup that I literally only went for Avenged Sevenfold and didn't care about anyone else. Um, I don't even think you knew about anybody else at the well, time, I, did you? I knew of Deftones a little bit. I, did, I didn't even know Ghost was going to be there until um, I saw them. And even while they were playing, I'm like, this is really weird. I'm not vibing with this. And then I heard Monstrance Clock. That's what they closed with, and I enjoyed that. So I kind of, from there, that changed, that single song changed a lot. Because then I went on to, oh, I'm listening to Monstrance Clock on YouTube every day. To, oh, now I'm listening to Infististististinam every day. And now I've seen them like 94 times. So, that being said, let's get right into the list. And I start this off at number 48. Okay, before, actually, one more last thing. The rules. Intros and tracks were combined. Intro, tr- intro tracks in the first track were combined as one, just because that makes it e- right. easy. Interludes, um, like their little instrumentals, I'm counting those as well because I'm a fan of them. And I'm counting EPs and covers, which is one thing that Loudwire did not do. So my list is about 12 longer than their list. With that being said, it is time. Number 48, I have Kiss the Go-Go. This is probably the most recently released Ghost song. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it is. Um, it was released on, I don't even know what the yeah, EP is called. Just a few seven, ago. seven Inches of Satanic Sin or something. Yeah, I completely dismissed this whole EP. Yeah, and I will straight up say, I don't dislike Kiss the Go-Go. I don't dislike really any Ghost song. But I just, it, as far as like... The amazing things that this band has done, or Tobias Forge has done, this really didn't um, really do anything for me. So I put it at a uh, forty-eight. Forty-seven is the I mentioned this probably wrote this off right away when I was uh, on that last episode. I was like, okay, this is probably the worst one. It's La Matramoy. It's they say the same thing over and over again. It's catchy, it's good, but they say the same thing over again. Number forty-six is Bible. This is off Pope Star. It's a cover. You can only do so much with it. With it. it's fine, but there it is. Who's the original artist? I do not know. I've looked it up many huh. times. It's no one that I've keep talking. I'll been familiar. With. Yeah, go ahead. I'll get our production staff on that. <laughs> and then so I here I have back to back instrumentals. Forty five. I have Genesis. It's from uh, the Opus album. I'm not even going to say the second part of that. Um, and I know you've talked about this before, and you think it just sounds like Genesis. Um, so that's that's the description. Yeah, and of that. I'm not the biggest Genesis fan in the world. Yeah, it's just an instrumental, you know, um, some progressive stuff. It's fine, and like I said, I don't dislike anything on this list. Um, number forty-four, I have Spoke Sonat off of Meliora. Now this is the lowest from Meliora on this album. I mean, on this uh, list because that's how that works. Meliora is Meliora, and I think this. I don't know why I like it so much, but uh, whatever instrument it is, whether it's a harp or something, it's very calming and peaceful. It's it's very nice. Number 43, I have Missionary Man. 
Before um, we talk about that, the ghost song Bible was originally done by a band called Imperiate. Imperiate, so, yeah. It's, and by the looks of the names of the uh, the members of that band, probably Swedish or Scandinavian. So one, I've, I've never heard of them. One thing that I always thought, yeah. I From mean, the I've 80s. looked it up a couple times. One thing that I always thought is it really sounds like a church song. I always thought that it just was a church song that Ghost did, ironically, because that's something that they would do. But uh, yeah, number 43, Missionary Man. It's a fine cover. Uh, this is um, by, is this the Echo and the Bunnymen cover? No, no. Missionary Man is done by the Eurythmics. Yes, the Rhythmics. Echo and the Bunnymen. You may the, remember uh, from the Sweet Dreams, the Marilyn yes, Manson yes. cover. So um, I always get, what's the Echo and the Bunnymen is another cover on this list. I think they might be I Believe, which is coming up soon. But uh, yeah, Missionary Man, I do like it. But at the same time, it's a cover. You can only do so much with it. It's near the bottom of the list. Now, this is the first one that I think you're going to take issue with. Yeah, number, I would put this one higher. I yes, uh, number forty-two. I did it. I put if you have ghosts at number forty-two. Um, once again, the bottom is kind of crowded by the covers. Um, that's just because of the nature of what covers are. If you have ghosts, it's a fine song. It's a fun song. That's fun to play it live. But as far as ghost songs go, I mean, it doesn't bring a lot to the table. And it's if it's a great song. How dare you? <laughs> it. It doesn't. It's. I will once again. I'll say it's a great song. It doesn't have a lot to it. With that being said, that's Fair enough. Number forty-two, number forty-one. I believe this one's a little fun one off Pope Star as well. It's at number forty-one. That's really all I have to say about it. Number forty. We're going to uh, Opus here. This is Death Nail. Death Nail's a fun song, but um, it only was able to crack the top forty ghost songs. It is top forty though, so you have that going for them. This is the first one that I'm going to be able to... I'm really going to butcher. Um, Helvetsfonster? Is that close? Helvetsfonster? Yeah, it's close enough. This one, unless I'm completely confused... You don't have the fun accent that Tobias uses, so... <laughs> I've This one, uh, I believe, is a instrumental off of uh, Prequel. Prequel. Prequel, that's what it's called, yes. And... Uh, it's an instrumental. It's a little interlude in the album. It's fun. That's all there is to it, right? Uh, not much you can do with instrumentals, even though I, I think I have a couple fairly high up. Number 38, we're going to the If You Have Ghosts EP again, and this is Waiting for the Night. Um, and yeah, I, I don't really want to spend too much time on these. Uh, I feel like I'm spending a little too much time on these uh, lower ones, so I'm just going to start going through them. Then number 37, we have Nocturnal Me. Fun, but that's it. They're all fun. The Ghost is a fun band. I sh- should stop. They saying really are, and, and they're so fun. And I, you know, speaking of people that that bitch and moan on the internet, I think people that bitch about Ghost miss the fact that they're a fun band. Yeah, they they want them to be this dark, heavy, serious band, and they're not. So people bitch about them, and I again, I I I just don't get that. Like, okay, maybe you don't dig their music. I don't get the, well, you know, they call themselves ghosts, but they're not, you know, 99.9% evil. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's and it's like they're just a rock band. You say that, and I think that kind of kinda goes into um the what we were talking about seeing them live earlier is, I mean, you see ghosts live, and you're like, okay, they start off, and they, they look all evil and whatnot. And then after, like, the first couple songs, Tobias Forge starts talking in his fake Swedish <laughs> accent, 
and he just starts cracking jokes. I think it's a fake Italian accent. Italian, well, fake accent of oh, or what? It's it's fake. We've heard him talk before. It's not right. what he sounds yeah, like. Exactly, he doesn't talk like that in real life. And then he <clears throat> he just starts cracking jokes, and you're well, yeah, like, yeah, the, the first time that I saw them, and we were sitting, you know, what, fifteen, twenty feet away from him. Yeah. And he's he's this is Papa Emeritus two era. Yeah. So he's got the big evil you know Pope outfit on and. And they come out and they sing, and what, they open, that was Spirit? They open with Spirit, yeah. Yeah, and you know, they're two, three songs in before before you hear him speak, and I didn't expect any interaction with the audience. I really didn't. And then the first thing he does is start cracking jokes. I was like, like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, okay, so this is, uh, you're fun, all right. So then I think that we left off at 37, with his, which was uh, Nocturnal Me. 36 is Crucified. Um, another cover. Not much uh, really with that. Number 35, I have Dance Macabre. Now, I think we both kind of agree on this one. Oh, wait. No, you're a big fan of Dance Macabre, right? I like it. I mean, okay. I, I wouldn't. It's probably fine for, I'd call this a middle ranking. Okay. I, I, for some reason, I felt like you had a... Uh, a it's, strong opinion on it, one or no, the no. other. It's it's one of their you know poppier, more yeah. accessible songs. It's so. a, it's one of their fun songs, but kind of like that's what the bottom of this list is kind of consisting of fun songs. But that's kind of it. Um, thirty two. Oh wait, no, I'm looking at the computer screen. Thirty four. Stand by him. Now this is a classic one, and I feel bad putting it so low on this list, but um, because I do really like it. I that blue album is great. I'm just going to refer to them as the colors because that's so much easier. The blue album is so is really really good. Well, that's what Weezer fans do. So. <laughs> um. So then number thirty three, Idolatrine. Um. This is a really good one off of uh, the Orange album because I'm not even going to attempt to say that again. I butcher that every time I try. Thirty two. We're going back to Opus, Prime Mover. Um. So another classic one that I feel bad putting so low on this list, but I'm um. I think one thing is, since I wasn't a Ghost fan around Opus times, I'm not clouded by nostalgia, which is one thing that always props uh, older things up than over new stuff. I don't have necessarily that bias, so um, sorry, Prime Mover, but you're number 32. This one killed me, and I felt really bad about this one, but number 31 is Goulet slash Zombie Queen. I love Goulet slash Zombie Queen. That's how stacked this list is. Because yeah, I'm a little surprised you've got this as low as yeah. you do. I mean, whenever a song that like going back, going back, uh, like to uh, the second page, like I've listened to almost every song that we've already mentioned. I've listened to the crap out of it, and I have to put it at number forty, like in the, in the forties. But uh, one song has to be ranked last, and that's just how that works. But Goulet Zombie Queen, I love this song and how it transitions from a slow little. We always joke that he's saying Kool Aid. It's a fun little joke that we have. And then Zombie Queen's a great song in its own right, but it's at 31. 30, I grouped these together, but it wasn't necessarily necessary because um, as far as album intros to the first track goes, this one, they're kind, they, they're, they don't really go together necessarily, but I have Deus Culpa and Con Clavi Con Dio. Is this one they do acoustic? Why? No, that is this is not that one. Which, which one's that? That is Jigola Harmagito, gotcha. which we'll okay. get in. Yes, it's uh, the Latin names. Uh, it gets confusing. This is the one that has that sick bass line to open up oh, with. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, yeah. Okay. So, and that bass line gives it a lot of uh, a lot of credit because that bass line's awesome. This is a great song. I really like uh, 
CCCDO. Going into number 29, uh, we have Devil Church. Now, this is an interlude off Meliora, and it's on Meliora, therefore it's awesome. Um, but this is the one that they play live sometimes. It has the devil, not like the, the devil organ, um, and then some cool uh, guitar riffs going on there. There's another one I feel bad for. Number 28, Deus in Absentia. I know you're a big fan of Deus in Absentia. I do love this song. I do love this song as well. But um, And this is a great song to end an album off of. Um, but at the end, of it's at number 28 on the Every Ghost Song Ever list. Number 27, we have another uh, instrumental. This is Miasma. Though. This is the one that has the, the saxophone, saxophone solo. Yes, I do like this song. Which our first introduction to this was when we saw them probably like the 33rd time it was that last time yeah yeah and um they Maybe. brought out they brought out a fake pop emeritus to play the saxophone that was fun yeah that was great um that was whenever they had the goulettes and all that stuff number 26 yeah the goulettes uh, are probably another thing that that anger the <laughs> hardcore metal i love fans the goulettes that, oh, i love fun. them too it's just the, the things that people bitch about ghost just makes me laugh it's like they they want them so bad to be something that they're not yeah and so, yeah. It's like, what do you mean Tobias Forge never stabbed anyone and burned <laughs> down a church? What? How can he be metal? Those black metal fans love uh, love violence. All right. Where were we? Uh, 26, Death of Satan's Eyes. Now, this is one of their, uh, I would put this up of one of their more darker, heavier songs. You can tell by the uh, sentence, Death of Satan's Eyes. But it's a, it's a, it's a good one. It's off of Emphasisticism. I cannot say that for I the life of stop. I was, but I panicked. So it's off the orange album, and it's it's a good one. Um, then at twenty five, I have Life Eternal. You know, I think I I'm getting confused with all the lives at the moment. I'm pretty sure this is off of prequel prequel. Um, I'm probably wrong in that sense. I promise I know a lot more about ghosts than uh, my memory's letting me <laughs> uh, show here. You're very well prepared with your list. I should have maybe, maybe notes would have helped. I. I should have put the album next to them, but I, I just assumed that I'd be, I, I would know them, and for the most part, I do. Um, I'm just less familiar with uh, Prequel than the others because it's been out less, but it is on Prequel. I'm guaranteeing that. Number 24, Absolution. I don't know what your opinion on Absolution I is. I love this song. Absolution's a great song, um, but I had to put it at... It made it top 25. I had yeah, to put it at 24. I, I, it's fine. Um, it's a great song. I do. There's a, I think there's going to be a couple surprising ones when we get to the top. But that's uh, Absolution. Number 23, this one pained me. Loudwire put this one last. They they said this was the worst ghost song ever. Jagola Harmageddon. I love this song. Now, as you mentioned, this is a song that they play live uh, acoustically. Yes. Which I kind of wish at one point I could see it live not acoustic because it it's originally... Yeah, I think it's a chance for everybody to kind of sit down and take a break. Um, I have no quarrel with them doing a song live. Just one time I would... I think they should switch it up. This one's a very fun... This one, you listen to it, and I'm not sure necessarily what the lyrics are about, um, but this, the sound of it is a very upbeat, happy song. Um, but it is off the Orange album where they were a lot darker, so you never know what was going on. Number 22. This one's gonna probably going to piss you off. <laughs> I have Ashes and Rats. Now, the reason that this got carried so hard is because I think Ashes is a great intro. It's fine. And then I'm a big fan of rats. You are against I, rats I, I for just, no reason. I just think it's silly. 
it is silly, but I mean, they're they're a silly band at times. Sometimes, yeah. But I, I don't re- know if I'd put it this high. Yeah, this is fair. Um, but uh, I think that the intro drums to the Rats is really good. I really like the song Rats. And the number twenty, this one really hurt, but I had to do it. Monstrous Clock. You is totally that- skipped over twenty one. Did I? Yeah. Oh, 21. I'm a marionette. The ABBA cover. The ABBA cover. Somehow, this is not the scariest version of I'm a marionette in existence. It's not. And I'm glad you said that because ABBA was, or ABBA, however you're, you, you say that, they were such a happy, fun, dancey kind of disco-y band. And they did this song originally, and it's creepy as hell. It is. It is very scary. Um... But yeah, so but I really like this ghost cover of it. Um, I think they're they were a great band to do it because, as you mentioned, Abba's Abba, and so and like the lyrics of this are very dark. Oh yeah, it's a dark song. And um, Ghost does it, and it really fits because it was on the originally on the way of the uh, not the way of Ghost. That's us. We are the way of Ghost. Originally on the um, if you have Ghost EP, then they also threw it on the Orange album. So it's been done twice. I didn't count it twice because I figured that would be ridiculous. Number 20, we have Monstrance Clock. Now, Monstrance Clock is was my introduction to Ghost. It was my favorite song by Ghost for a while. It's a great song. They close with it almost all their shows. Um, but at the end of the uh, at the end of the day, it's not a, it doesn't have a lot to it. It's just kind of uh, the same thing over and over again, which is fine because it works. But when ranking them, I have to uh, overlook it a little bit. Going into number 19, we have Body and Blood. Now, Body and Blood was another one of those songs that I listen to just over and over again. I think it's a very fun song. I love seeing it live. Um, every time that they play it, he always intros it with, uh, this is a song about drinking blood and eating flesh. Yes. You're like, thanks, Tobias Forge. Um, but this one's another one that it's called Body and Blood, and he says it's about drinking blood and eating flesh. Then you listen to it. It's very upbeat and exciting, like in yeah, fun. A little bit of fun. It it has a very little cool little um, keyboard riff during the course. I love Body and Blood. Number nineteen. I'm gonna put. No, that was number nineteen. Number eighteen is Ritual. Now Ritual is off of Opus, and it's um, I would say Opus is probably the heaviest Ghost album. Um, that might be controversial. I don't think so though. Um, and this one like starts off. It has like very it's it starts off very calm like there's like some chords and a little guitar riff and then it goes into a symphony of destruction-esque uh, guitar riff and then it turns turns into a classic opus uh ghost song and i am a big fan of ritual number 17 is where i'm gonna catch a couple people off guard i put kiss the go-goat at number 48 i'm putting mary on a cross at 17 that is a bold move that is a bold move indeed i really like mary on a cross i think it's light years ahead of kiss the go-goat i think um and then it also gets a lot of flack that kiss the go-go gets just because it was released on the same ep as kiss the go-goat so then and um i need to stop saying kiss the go-go but um it's kind of the lesser known of the two and since uh, a lot of people weren't really as fond as uh the other one kind of leaks over into mare and across but it, I th- it is a better song i don't know that it's 21 better this is possible. Like I said, I'm here to I'm here to stir some stir some things up. But I really like Mariana Cross, so I threw it at 17. Number 16, I have Witch Image. Now this is all prequel. I really like Witch Image. Um, 
And then number 15, I feel bad putting this so low, and I might have to change my mind here. I have Secular Haze. This is the evil circus song. Yeah, I remember you wearing this song out. I did. Um, I love this song. But as uh, time has gone by, Secular Haze has dropped a little bit. Just a little bit. It's top 15. Top 15 ghost songs. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, number 14, See the Light. This is all a prequel. And this is a, this is a banger. It's a very good banger, but it's a banger nonetheless. So, yeah. Um, number 13, Mummy Dust. This is off of Meliora. And one thing you're going to notice from this point on is it's basically Meliora with a sprinkle of a couple other things. Uh, but I'm a big fan of Mummy Dust. This was the first song from Meliora, like... That wasn't a single that I really like latched onto and um Yeah, this 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 got a great remembered. open. I yeah. love this song. Uh number twelve, I had to put it. Um oh I have to I have to say this now. Infestustumam and per aspera ad inferi. Now this is the like the very first ghost that I've ever I ever heard because this is what they opened with when I saw them at uh at that show. And I mean they played the intro, and then they just go straight into Prasperi Inferi, and that's when uh, Papa Meritus walks out with his, you know, his cross stick or crucifix his, stick. His, yeah, his scythe. And and um, is holding it, and this was before he became fun Papa Meritus. He was still <laughs> Scary. evil Papa. This was Ghost BC time. This wasn't right. even Ghost. This was completely different band, all right? And um, yeah, so that was like the first thing that I I uh, saw from them, and I still like to this day like just how crisp that uh, the changeover between tracks is. I I really like it. Number eleven, going back to Opus, we had to put Satan Prayer on here. Another one of their more darker songs, hence the name Satan Prayer. But uh, it's a good one. Then here we go to the top ten. I'll um, this is a this is where like I said, it's Meliora with a little bit of. A little bit of uh, sprinkles in there. Number 10, Spirit. The opening track of Meliora um, has the alien sounds, and it goes straight into one of my favorite song intros of all time with the drums and the, and the guitar. I really, like, um, I really like that drum beat in the beginning. Number 9, Majesty. Now, you've said that this song reminds you of Deep Purple a it little does. bit. Yes. Um, and this one's probably one of the better ghost riffs that exists. I really like, I mean, it's... Like you said, sounds like kind of like a classic Deep Purple song. Number eight, had to put He Is in the top eight, of course. Uh, he Is is a great song. It was so good that there's an entire EP of different remixes of He Is. Number seven, Elizabeth. Now, normal people would say Elizabeth, but in the song, he says Elizabeth. So I call it Elizabeth. Um, off of Opus. Um, I think statistically this means that it's my favorite song off Opus, which I agree with. It's a great song. Number six, uh, I believe Square Hammer put this at number one. I think they. You think this is their biggest charting hit? I, Square Hammer. I think there's a good chance that it's their biggest charting hit. I would imagine that's the one I heard the most. They on played it on Sirius. Satellite, yeah. Yeah, they played it on Octane all the time, which I have no problem with. Square Hammer. It it's this is another one that it took some time to grow on me, and by that I mean when I first heard it, I was like, okay, this is a good song, and then like a couple years later, I'm like, this song is great. Yeah, no, it's a great song. Yeah. Um. So Square Hammers at number six, really like that. Pope Star was a great, 
great little EP. Uh, number five, Pro Memoria. What did uh, I think I spoiled this one a little bit because Loudwire has this like 35. I put it at five. This was that we first heard the song live. Um, I, I think adds a lot to it because we saw them before the album came out and they played this and another song of that album that we'll get to in a little bit in that show. And we're like, we've never heard this song before. And we're like, this is awesome. This is great. So that's number five. Number four. Now this is the top four. Um, two through four was a little bit difficult. One was a given because I'm basic. Number four had to put from the pinnacle to the pit on it. Um, one of the greatest bass lines in ghost history, I think up there with a uh, con clavy con Dio. Um, this entire song, I mean, this was kind of my reintroduction to Ghost because they had a little break between the Orange album and Meliora, and I heard this, and I was like, wow, I'm going to be a Ghost fan again because I kind of forgot about them for a bit, and that kind of started the uh, what what has become what we have today where Ghost is probably one of my favorite bands of all time. So that's from the pinnacle to the pit. I love the guitar solo riff intro to it. I think overall, just top to bottom, it's a great song. Number three, um, we have Year Zero off of the Orange album. And Year Zero is, I don't even know what to say about it. It is just fantastic. Um, I know you're a big fan of Year Zero. Yeah, this is a great song. Yeah, it's, I mean, it has the, the little intro where it's um, chanting, Yeah, yeah great, great intro, great lyrics. Just, yeah, everything everything is cool about Year Zero. Yeah, Year Zero is... A great title. For, a great title, yeah. Um, and them playing it live is always fun so then number two i had to put faith at number two faith has an insane guitar intro i love it a lot and um this was what i was talking about earlier this is another one that we heard the first time live which was i mean i think changes kind of the perspective of it but i mean i heard it in like it is i think one of the most complete ghost songs because um, it has, I mean, like a, a a crazy guitar intro, has great dueling guitar the entire time. It has like a like a shred like solo like immediately like it's the first chorus. And then it just goes straight into one of the ghouls, just uh, doing like really fast uh, playing their scales really fast. As you like to say, um, but most songs don't have the solo after the first chorus, and they did. So I thought that was a little fun thing that they did. And number one. The greatest ghost song of all time. It's not a surprise to anyone that's been listening to the Way of Ghosts and Trivium podcast for the last 13 <laughs> episodes. It is Cerise. Now, I've stated many times that I think that Meliora is the album of the decade, the one of the albums of my life, basically, and that Cerise is, without a doubt, the best song on that album. And I've kind of said that over the last decade, I think Cerise is the best song released over that decade. Cerise, I said that Faith was complete. Cerise is complete. Like it has the the steel guitar intro, where it then they layer that with while that's happening, the electric guitars kick in. Um, I mean, there's there's the later on you get into it before the solo, and you have like the piano playing the piano riff. I mean, this is. Uh, just one of the most complete songs that I've like really ever heard. It's got a guitar solo. It does, and it's got a cool name. It's got a great, uh, great, great chorus, and 
it's got a really great riff once it starts, you know. Um, so yeah, that's Cerise. Cerise is fantastic. That was probably the song that really boosted them into the mainstream. I, I agree with that. Yeah, that's because when, not that we have a radio station around here that plays them, but that's what started getting them some radio airplay. We saw them perform this on Stephen Colbert of all places. I still can't figure that one out because. <laughs> I mean, I love Stephen Colbert, but that's just the Halloween episode. Yeah, it was a Halloween episode. I don't know, some producer somewhere, did, you know, put that together. You expect them on maybe Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, but yeah, the seeing Ron on Colbert, which was, it was cool. You know, it was kind of hokey in a way because it was their quote unquote scary Halloween episode. But yeah, still cool. Yeah, um, I believe this was the second single off of Melly. I think from the Pinnacle to the Pit was released yeah, first. That was first. And then Melio, and then uh, Cerise came out. But this is the one that really, yeah, and it really boosted them up a lot. And like now, I mean, we've just kind of seen the progression of them. So like we've seen them go from like because we've seen them at a side stage on a uh, in the daytime on a, yeah. in the daytime side stage in the daytime. And now they're, I mean, and now they're doing rather well for themselves and kind of like, and that's all in. We saw them that I want to say because Melior was out because they played the Meliora songs on that right. tour. Um, I can't remember if that was before or after we saw them, uh, the like, headline. Yeah, we saw them time. headline, like, in the fall of 2015. Okay. And then the following spring. May of 16, yeah. That's when we saw them on the side stage. Yeah. And that was, like, and That's the, when we, we had to miss, what, part of 6 a.m. Yeah, that was the uh, the Way of Rock Dream podcast because... <laughs> we, uh, I mean, Dream uh, Music Festival, because we got there, we saw Trivium. We did see Trivium, we, also in the daytime. Also in the daytime. We disappeared for a little bit, had to go see 6 a.m., uh, leave 6 a.m. early so we could see uh, Ghost. Oh, was it that? I, th- I thought we got to 6 a.m. late after we watched Ghost. I think we got to 6 a.m. late because of Trivium. Maybe that's it. And then we left 6 a.m. So early we, to yeah, see we Ghost. we barely saw, and the people that put that particular festival together, while they put together cool lineups... Weren't so good on the scheduling. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and f- then uh, wasn't Hell Yeah right after right after Ghost? Hell Yeah and, was after Ghost on that stage. Right, and we went back to the main stage and watched Hell Yeah on the, on the yeah, TV. Yeah, because um, after Ghost was Seether, which we kind of took a little intermission for because right. we've seen Got Seether so many times. Then we went to the main stage to get ready to see Disturbed. Right, that was the closer. Yeah, and yeah. while Disturbed was while they were the main stage was getting ready for Disturbed, Hell Yeah was playing on the screen, and that was our introduction and all we needed to see from Hell Yeah to not be fans of Hell Yeah. <laughs> um, You're very harsh. I am very harsh, but Hell Yeah is not a good band. R.I.P. Vinnie Paul. Rest in peace, Vinnie Paul. He's a legendary drummer, but. First off, I just, I, I think his name is Chad Gray of uh, Mudvayne. Yeah. See, I'm He's not a fan here. of Mudvayne, so I'm not, I, and then he kind of transferred that over, and the first time we saw them, like, he had, like, fake blood on him yeah, the whole time. Yeah, they were trying a little hard. Uh, I will say, I don't know what the song is called. I think it's called Love Falls. It's off their latest album. That song is fine. They're, there's, I, they're, they're, I can do without the hell yeah. <laughs> they just weren't your thing. Well, there you have it. Jack's cr- list of ghost songs from worst to first. Worst to first. Yeah, we'll get this up on our half-assed website <laughs> and hopefully make that website look a little bit cooler. And you can check that website out at 
It's thewayofrock.com. You can go to our Facebook page, our Instagram page, or our Twitter page, whichever your poison may be, at It's the Way of Rock. You can check us out on Spotify at It's the Way of Rock. We've got two playlists up there. We've got our Songs of the Day, which we put out every every morning, and um, also our Cover Tunes playlist, Yes, which is kind of cool. So you can check that out on Spotify. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Play, anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. So we will do this again in a week. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Anchor.fm and Third Stage Tees. You go to thirdstagetees.com, enter in the code TWOR, and get 15% off. And in the meantime, everybody stay safe. Hopefully live music comes back eventually. I'm starting to I'm starting to think we're going to have to go the summer without it. But instead of supporting live music, support live stream music. Definitely. Go on, find your favorite bands, support them in any way you can, buy merch, do their tip jar. Any way you can keep those bands going during these times, you do it. And uh, they'll be able to ride this storm out as well. In the meantime, this is Jeff, this is Jack, saying goodbye, and we will talk to you next week.